Hey everyone, this is Matt Daniel with Shout at the Keel Podcast. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. I want to focus on something really simple. It's actually going to be a shorter podcast today, but it's something that uh, has come up as far as questions from different clients and uh, different people the past uh, five or six weeks. So uh, I, I think this during this time of uh, COVID nineteen, people are are a little bit more aware of what's going on with their money. Of course, people have been furloughed. Some people have lost their jobs completely. Uh, so they are, I guess, finances are for, are up in front for most, for a lot of people now. Um, I noticed today on CNBC, they were talking about uh, the number of uh, like Schwab accounts or Fidelity accounts uh, that have been opened in the past six weeks actually outpaced the last four years. And that, that happened in the last six weeks. So that means people are a little bit more afraid about where their money's going. Um, and people are at least opening up quasi-savings accounts. Now, what they're doing with the money, no one knows. Hopefully, they are, um, hopefully they're speaking to some sort of expert for them. Some, hopefully, they are you know, doing the reading and doing some learning about how to act, what to actually do with the money once they start trading. Uh, because most people, 80, 90% of people who open up an account and think, man, I'm going to double this money, they run into a buzzsaw really quickly. Most, most can, you know, lose 50% of whatever money they put in the market within the first eight weeks. If you don't really test what you're trying to do, uh, stick with uh, higher traded uh, uh, stocks, um, you know, something, you know, I, if I was a new trader, I would basically X out every stock that didn't have a, didn't have some sort of dividend of at least 4%. If you just stuck with stocks that had at least a 4% dividend, you could save yourself a lot of heartache just because of the severity of the movement up and down. Uh, but that being said, it's a lot of people out there opening up accounts, which is good things because they're actually, that means they actually have some money to save that they're thinking of doing something with. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen uh, and talk about two different ideas today because what I get a lot is, or what I, what I get a lot is um, me and my team get a lot is Matt, you know, team, what should I do? What's the first thing that should I do? I, I want to start taking care of my finances. Well, you've heard me say it a hundred times, um, but most people think way beyond what they should be doing in the beginning. So what they say is, you know, what stock should I buy? What mutual fund should I buy? And then my first question to them is, uh, or they say, hey, I've got $40,000 or $20,000. I want to pay off my car. I want to pay off my credit cards. Taking care of debt, especially debt like credit cards, it could have a high, as high as 20% interest rates tacked onto them is a smart thing to do. But first things first, first question is, do you have six months of income? If you don't have six months of income, you got to do that first before you pay off car loans and credit card loans and, and mortgages and things like you got to have six months of income period. So the question then becomes, okay, so I'm not going to pay off my debt. I am going to build up six months of income. Wonderful. The next question, where do I put it? So that's what we're going to talk about today because um, 
most people will just have a parent listen to their parents growing up, which was fine. And their parents opened them up a savings account and they stick six months of savings in a savings account. But everyone knows that the interest on a normal savings account is probably less than 1% right now. Not a really great place to keep in a safe place to bear interest. So, you know, what can we do? So what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to talk about a couple of different, uh, different places and, and different things. So let's look at this piece right here. So what is a bond ladder? A bond ladder is a very, uh, very safe way or safe place to put, um, money that you absolutely cannot afford to lose. And this is not something new. This has been done forever and ever and ever. A lot of older of the old pop, a lot of older people, let's say 60s, 70s, 80s, cannot afford to lose any of their money. A lot of them invest, or a lot of money managers will invest older people's money this way through bond laddering. What does bond laddering uh, do? Well, it involves buying bonds uh, with different maturity rates. So. For sake of argument, we have $100,000 that we want to invest in a bond laddering uh, plan. Well, normal, uh, normal mon most money managers will split that up into either three or four years. So they will break it up into even terms, being that 100,000, so that would be, let's just keep it easy with four, four even breaks of $25,000 a piece. So, 25,000, one section or 25,000 will go into one year bonds that matures in 12 months. The next 25,000 goes into 24 months, maturity bonds that mature in 24 months. The next 25,000 will go into three year bonds that mature at 36 months. The last goes into four year bonds, matures at 48 months. And it's relatively safe. You're going to, you're going to make on average two and a half to three and a half percent with that schedule. And it doesn't, it's not a lot of rocket science. Uh, the longer maturity dates that you buy out the highest, the higher interest rates you get. So you're going to get the higher of the interest rates on four year bonds of 48 months. And what will happen as is 12, the first 12 months runs out. So your first set of bonds at 25,000 matures and you can take that money and either take the interest and use it, go and spend it, use it for life, or take that full amount and then reinvest into a four-year bond. Is everybody one following? Because you've just used up 12 months of that time. So now those two-year bonds only have 12 months until their maturity. Those three-year bonds only have 24 months, those four-year bonds only have 36 months. And so as those first years mature, you roll it to the four. The next year when those two year, those first two-year bonds, you roll it to a four and everything just keeps going down and down and down. So it's just like climbing a ladder, uh, but it's a moving ladder. So it's constantly moving towards you and you will make interest really, really, really safe interest um, that you can then, of course, some the older population can use the interest to live on, uh, or they can cash it out completely to, you know, let's do improvements on their home or put a roof on their home or whatever that they may they may do. Um, there's pros and cons to it. So a bond 
you're it's it's not very liquid if you're buying true bonds it's very illiquid sort of buy um so another way to do it which is a way that uh you know my team i we recommend a lot is using short-term bond etfs so an etf we've talked about before is an electronic traded fund so you can trade it just like a stock you buy it for ten dollars uh, short-term bonds, you know, with uh, less, most of the bonds held with a 12-month maturity a schedule, uh, it's not going to move that much. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pretty much stay identically the same, just like, uh, just like a normal, normal bond. Except you can sell it. You can sell it very quickly and capture the money and, you know, it'll be back into your brick-and-mortar checking account within tw 24 hours probably. So a lot of people like it this way. I like my safe money this way if I'm doing a, uh, if I'm doing a laddering schedule uh, just because I like my money to be more liquid and I can get to it faster. I can, I can sell an ETF just like I can sell a stock. Um, you, you know, if you plan considerations of taking this, I thought this was a very good point. If, if you plan for a long-term commitment for a bond portfolio, and you're and you're comfortable with evaluating buying individual bonds. Um, a bond ladder provides the highest level of principle and safety and the ability to adjust to changing rates. The ETF bond fund provides an easier path to earn bond market returns very close to the result provided by a bond ladder. So the ETF bond fund, short-term bond funds, were set up to do the exact same thing that a bond trader used to have to do for you. 30, 40 years ago, 20 years, as close as 20 years ago. You can do this with your six month cash. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a bond ladder using ETFs. Very easy to do. Um, here's a, here's a good piece. Um, Stackhouse can, is everybody seeing this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I if just, you, if you're on watching it on Facebook, if you're listening to it, you'll have to go back and, uh, I understand, but on the screen, do they see the cartoon, the little guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. So just wanted to make sure, but, uh, I wanted to put something in front of you, a picture, because if you're anything like me, pictures go a long way because that's how I remember things. So this is, this is good to think about. Mike has invested equal amounts of money in five different, bonds that mature at regular intervals. So in this case scenario, just like I took my $100,000 and broke it up 25, in this, he took $100,000 and broke it up into 20s. And as you see, it's two, four, six, eight, 10, and 10, okay? And as those ladders keep coming down, the 20,000 will roll over until another 10 year. And that you can see four years, six years, it'll keep going down and down and down. But you see the rate of return, 2.7, 2.9, 3.10, 3.28, 3.335. 3 so as long as, as inflation stays to stays under three, uh, which it really isn't right now. Um, but, your, your money is keeping up. The interest that you're making on your money is at least keeping up with inflation. And if you're living below your means, as you should be able to in later years of your life, I'm talking about in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you shouldn't have mortgages, you shouldn't have big outstanding debt in, in those time of years where you have the lowest earning potential. 
uh, which is, in, you know, unless you're Warren Buffett <laughs> and he's making more money than he ever did in his eighties, you know, his seventies, eighties, but most people are not. Most people's earning years are kind of over at 65. So you you have to have big time debt paid off and then the cash that you have uh, and th with this very safe strategy will keep up with inflation. So uh, this is something you can speak to your expert about. You can speak to my team about. Um, and this is actually, this is also a good place to keep your six months of income because you want your six months of income to at least keep up with inflation and stay very sorry and stay in some, some place relatively safe. Um, this is a good alternative. All right. Hope, hope this has been, um, hope this has been something that's, um, that interests you, something that you can ask other people and questions about. Uh, please look us up. We'll I'll answer any questions that we have. Uh, this is one place that I recommend. You know, if you have a savings account, at least you're not spending it. But here's a much better alternative that's very easy to do. You can do this in any Fidelity, Schwab, uh, E-Trade. You know, you name the accounts that you can set up yourself. You can you can do this, and you can do this yourself. It doesn't take it doesn't take a, an expert to do this. But I do want to bring this up because I talk about this a lot, and people really don't have a good idea of what when I say, "Well, we can just create an ETF laddering fund," and their eyes kind of glaze over and turn gray, and they don't understand what I'm saying. So I wanted to put something out here so that now that you have a picture about what I'm talking about. Uh, another, another place yeah, I've talked about this before. Uh, some people choose to go this way because it's a little more tax efficient. Um, you will see a lot of positive and negative feedback when you just do a simple Google search, uh, on this, this way. So, um, I like to diversify, you know, where people's money is. Some people really like insurance contracts. Some people do not. Uh, some people's, you know, aunt or uncle or first cousin or second cousin removed, um, got sold a bill of goods by some, you know, just some insurance salesman that all they did was sell insurance. So they didn't do any planning at all. And when a salesman's doing one thing, that means his livelihood's based off commission. So he's going to sell you whatever you'll buy with the highest commission that you have. So be careful out there. Um, that being said, permanent insurance policies are a good place for your six months of income as well. Why? Because the interest earned on the cash value of the insurance policy is tax free. So let's say on this illustration, this is this is interesting. This this takes a lot a lot longer years, but this is you know let's say this is uh, what eighty ninety one. This is forty years, um, or or longer. Yeah, this is forty basically about forty years. But um, all of the interest gained within these insurance contracts are tax free. So uh, I find less. I I do find people who like this plan better than they like ETF or bond laddering because of the tax advantage that insurance contracts give you. Uh, as I've said before, there's no interest. There's no interest on your money. So some people will say, okay, well, Matt, I have $60,000. Let's keep it easy. Let's say $50,000 in cash. Um, 
and I want to front load my permanent insurance policy. This one doesn't, this one doesn't show it, but what we have, what happens is a person agrees to, let's say I, they want to pay $5,000 a year towards their life insurance policy because they want to build cash value and interest. So if you cannot front load an insurance policy more than, more than, um, a 10%, meaning if you're going to pay $5,000 a year, you can front load at $50,000 in cash. So one place to put your six months of income is into an insurance policy. Because if you front load it, let's say we put $50,000 into an insurance policy and then to agree and then agree to a $5,000 a year premium, that $50,000 that you front loaded into your insurance policy becomes becomes interest bearing immediately. So that means that if your insurance policy pays 6%, you're going to make 6% of $50,000, which is 3000 bucks, right? You're going to make 3000 bucks annually immediately off that $50,000, which is better than what you're going to get on your, uh, if you ladder ETF bonds. The, the snippet to it is, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. And in, in a, when you ladder an ETF bond, you get access to 100% of that money immediately just by selling it. And, but there are always tax consequences to that because that is not, um, that's not guaranteed. Um, that, I'm sorry, that's not qualified money in most cases for the six months of income. In this situation, your access, you, when you put that $50,000 into a permanent policy, you can get up to 90% of that cash back the next day. That's a loan to yourself, but it is still tax. Any interest within that insurance policy is tax free. But if you look at this illustration, you look at the total dividends and then total cash value and then total death benefit. So in this hypothetical policy, this is hypothetical. I just found it on the internet so that you got, so I could explain it to you guys. This is a $250,000 10 payment whole life policy. Okay. 14,445 premium male age is 50 and he's a non-smoker. So in 81, he paid the payment, the guaranteed cash value, illustrated dividends, the total, the actual dividends were about the same. The difference between the two was zero. Total cash value, the illustration said he was going to have 6,875. The actual was the same. 0% different. What was a death benefit? If he was to die, he had paid this premium, 14 grand, and his family is going to get 253,073 bucks. Okay. Now, as we all know, and I've explained a hundred times, people, people have a hard time grabbing onto it. Insurance is front end loaded. So that means the insurance, Person, person who sells you the insurance is going to make his commission or their commission up front, as well as the insurance company is on the hook for this amount. Two hundred. You paid fourteen thousand, but if you die, they're going to pay you two hundred and fifty thousand. So, the cost is always front end loaded to an insurance policy. So that's just something you got to live with. Period. So as you see this currently guaranteed cash value that runs down, you get to 2018 and the guaranteed cash value 
is 218,720 is what they guarantee you, but that's not actually what you have because the total dividends they illustrated you at 2018, it was going to only pay 200, I mean, $19,000 on this amount. It's actually paying $39,583. That's 107, that's 107% better. Why? Because the insurance company had a better year. The better year the insurance companies have, the higher the dividends they pay. So as you see, some years were better than others as far as the difference is. And it rose, it, it goes back and forth. Year before that wasn't 107%, it was 162%. So as interest rates rise throughout these 40 years, you got paid better dividends as it went. So when you first bought it, they illustrated you that the cash value was going to be 555,689. Why? Because the insurance companies are bound by law and they normally will own, they, you know, some insurance companies are even more uh, conservative than others will only show 3%. And this one, this was an actual one where it showed what happened. This was 38 years from the time this insurance policy started, the average return they illustrated was 4%. What they actually got was 6%. So the total cash value at the end of 38 years was this number, $1,035,569. That is tax-free money. Federal government cannot tax that at all. So what would we use that for? Pretty simple, guys. Let's say this is not where all your money would be held, but let's say you have qualified money in a 401k and now you're using it because you're 65 years old. Let's say the market downturns 20% like it has this year. We saw a 30 something percent decrease when COVID hit. COVID hit. If you would have had these dollars you would have been drawing your monthly from these dollars, not from the market. Because if you would have drawn out $10,000 to live on in April from the market, the expense of that $10,000 would have been drastically different. Why? Because if you'd have had a million bucks and you lost 30%, it's 210,000, that's 3 million, that's 300,000. So now you had 700,000. Well, let's say you someone needed $10,000 or $20,000 a month to live. Now you had 680,000. And when the market turns around, you're not making whatever percentage increase on the 700, you're making increase or the million, you're making the increase on 680. That's how people go broke in 20 years with only qualified money because just because the market goes down, doesn't change the fact that they need so many, so much money to live on every month. And if they pull that money out in bad times, here's a problem. If you would have had this money sitting here, 1,035,000 that you could have pulled from in a down market, this is what's considered non-direct recognition. So if you would have pulled 30 grand out to live on, the insurance company at the end of the year wouldn't have wouldn't have paid you or interest on $1 million. 
they would have paid you interest on the full $1,035,000. That is a huge difference. Okay? So this is another alternative of where to keep your six months of income that can build over 30, 40 years into something drastically large of tax-free dollars. How do you get started? Some people say, well, Matt, I don't have $100,000 to start off with. I get it. What was your six months income you needed? Some people 30, some people 50, some people 100. Just start there. You still have access to 90%. That means if you put $100,000 in an insurance policy, you still could get to 90,000 of it the next day. All right? And that 100,000 is gonna, in this scenario, is going to gain a lot more interest, again, tax-free, there was the nominal rate of return over 38 years was 6%, which is basically the same as the stock market. Some people argue, well, the stock market's 8%. Okay, fine. 2% more, which is a big deal. I get it over 40 years. But again, you what they don't add in to the stock market when they say is 8% over 38 years, let's say, is that this is tax-free. All the money in the stock market, you're going to be paying ordinary income tax on unless you're in a IRA or trading within an IRA or Roth or something. Okay. So this is just an alternative, two different ways to get to the same piece, laddering bonds through ETFs that make it highly liquid, permanent insurance policies that are building cash value immediately because you have that six months of income to actually start the policy. All right, guys. I appreciate you uh, spending a little bit of time with me. I hope that um, I hope that really um, helped you a little bit. Um, both those strategies work. Both those strategies work really well. Um, it's just the point that some people don't like insurance and some people love insurance because of the tax-free advantage. Um, some people like choosing their own bonds and they want them local, so they want to. You know, someone in Atlanta wants to buy just the city of Atlanta bonds that mature at different times. Fine. If you want to rifle through all that, I don't, I like the access to Schwab or fidelity where I can buy a bucket of short term bonds. So my risk is diverse, right? But I still have those maturity rates. We can do, you know, people like myself can do either or, but this is about education. This is about you learning, that these different options are out there. So you just don't take what somebody puts in front of you, which is, a, you know, that's the first thing you say, yeah, okay, that'll work. No, understand there's different, there's different options out there. Guys, thanks for uh, joining me today. Shout out to Tequila Podcast. Uh, it's been great. Please uh, send me your questions. I'll uh, reply to anything you have. Appreciate it and have a great uh, weekend. Thanks.